And welcome to Ray Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I am so happy you're joining me on jradio.com. You knew exactly what to do to hear JRoot. Are you in the app? Are you online? Are you listening on the phone? For those of you who are new listeners, here is what we do. We try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection you have with your spouse. The wonderful, amazing connection. We're going to make it even better. Mirza Hashem, not me, but you. We do this not from a social, not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. And thank you so much for joining me today. Today's a live show. Yes, September seventh, two thousand seventeen. Thank you for waiting. You know. We are in the month of Elul. Yes, that's where we are. You might be, oh, by the way, you might be listening to me Monday night at 10 p.m. That's fine. That's fine. You could still listen, even though it's not necessarily live. I can tell you this is an important show. This is an important show. And for those of you who are listening to me today live, 1109, thank you for tuning in to me live. Here's the story. Last week we spoke about the importance, but not just the importance, about this incredible tool that Hashem is giving us, Chodesh Elul, for us to have a blessed, amazing, wonderful year. We're like literally inching towards Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, those who have children, children just started schools. The the, the schools are already bustling, bustling, and busting. And the children are excited, nervous. And I, I want to also mention something, you know. I, I know today's class really is, is going to... Oh, right. There was someone, not sure who, which one of you it was, that mentioned to me that last week I promised that this week I will discuss steps, real skills and tools of steps on how to be mavater, as opposed to just talking about in general term and giving one or two tools. And Blinader, I do plan on doing that today, though I never promise. I say I hope I will, but I understand some of you are looking forward for this and it's very important for you. Not a problem. I don't think I promised at least. But in any case, uh, be that as it may, what I want to talk to you about is, um, yeah, I'm going to jump into Beam of After soon. We're going to be talking about skills and tools. Oh, for those of you who are like, why is that so important? Like in marriage, there are many other things important in marriage. Like how about connecting to my husband, connecting to my wife? Well, let me tell you a little secret. Before, at a little time, before I show him Kippur, trust me, you want to talk about being Mavatar. That's what you want to be talking about. Why? Because Yom Hadin is coming, coming up. Rosh Hashanah, that's the day that we're all judged. Yom Kippur, we're being judged. So when there's a judgment, don't you want the verdict to be in your favor? I am telling you, this is not me. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants over here. That what? We know the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, Anyone who lets go on his or her. Um, on, if you, anyone who lets go. On his character, they will let go all of his or her sins. You know what that means? Let me tell you what that means. That means the next time your husband makes you absolutely crazy or your wife makes you absolutely crazy, not that they chas or make you crazy, but you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about, right? Or, by the way, it stands for children also, or your friends or your boss. The reason I'm t- saying it in the context of husband and wife because obviously this is what the show is about, but more than that, because that's the person you're having most relationships with, A, and that's the person that's going to possibly annoy you the most, B. Why are they annoying you? Not because they don't love you and don't care about you, because there is something called attachment, which we're going to be discussing soon, and we are going to understand why it is that we feel from all the people in, our, in the world who we have issues with, it is. It hurts most from our husbands or from our wives. That's where it hurts most. And we're, we're going to talk about that. Okay, like this. So what I want to say is like this now. What I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is as follows. And that is, I, I want to jump into something that is sort of related. Okay, how are we going to do this? You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to quote you something from uh, Dr. Um, Robert Karen, actually. I-, I want you to listen to this. I'm just quoting this. And I think this is very, very, I think that is powerful. It's important for you to know. Human beings, quote, human beings have a longer period of dependency on their caregivers than any other mammal. We depend on our caregivers not just for food and safety, but also emotional connection, affection, and love. When there's a strong emotional connection and love between infant and caregiver, we call this a secure attachment. The baby knows that they can turn to their caregiver for comfort and care in times of distress. They know they have a safe haven in this big world. They feel emotionally connected with the caregiver and therefore safe. This also helps with the regulation of their nervous system. And as the Minnesota Minnesota study, some of the first attachment research on young children done in the States, showed, helps them to excel in every area. You hear this? Every area. Children with secure attachment history scored higher in every area from ego, resilience to self-esteem, independence, ability to enjoy themselves and respond positively to other children. See, what happens is we, we are wired to need a secure attachment, not just for our survival, but also for optimal brain development. Now, here's what it looks like when secure attachment doesn't happen. Baby gets upset, starts crying, crying, crying. Turns to the caregiver for comfort and connection, right? Instead, what happens is the baby gets ignored, is left alone, or worse, is abused for having needs. Nebuch, and this unfortunately happens. These types of reactions from caregivers will have an enormous dysregulating effect on the baby. Most likely, baby will protest or cry or give some kind of distress signal. If this isn't effective, eventually the baby will stop seeking care and comfort from the caregiver. Instead, the baby withdraws and starts finding other ways to self-regulate and to self-soothe. End quote. Now, I, I, I want to just, just tell you, this is not just a psycholog- psychologist speaking on behalf of attachment. This is MS. I'm saying it's MS. First of all, I studied it. But second of all, I deal with it and I see It's those individuals who didn't have a secure attachment when they were kids that are prone. I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying all of them, but are prone to have all these issues and major relationship issues, major relationship issues. You know, I always say that sensitivity dial. And I see firsthand it's those people who did not have a secure attachment when they were kids that they have those really high dials. Anything you say to them, they get upset, they get hurt. You don't meet them, they get all upset at you. It's like, what did I say already? Okay, fine, take it easy. Why are you getting so emotional? You ever think like that about your husband, about your wife? Why is he getting so emotional? Why is she getting so emotional? What did I do? My gosh, wow, whoa, take it easy, whoa, take it easy. You want to know something? They can't take it easy because that dial is way, 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 way high. I mean, we know that anybody can have a high dial on any given day. I mean, if you have your hats on, you're hungry, angry, tired, or stressed, your dial is going up. Oh, yeah, your dial is going up. But what I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is as follows. And that is that secure attachment is so much, so much important for relationships. It's unbelievable. And isn't it interesting how he writes this? Because I, I, this was a sort of a chiddush. You know, we know this, but it's like, Human beings have a longer period of dependency on their caregivers than any other mammal. You hear this? It's so true. It's like, okay. I mean, for us, it's like, okay, you, you know, you're going to compare a human being to other mammals? <laughs> you have neshamas, right? But it, I think it's amazing. I think it still is amazing that, you know, if they could look at animals, they don't need it. They don't need this, this attachment, this security. They don't need it. They need it for a little bit, and then it's over. But we need it, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. And what I want to tell you is that it doesn't, does not just end in childhood. It does not. Because what happens after childhood, right, we develop into adolescence, into teens. So when we're adolescents, we still seek a secure attachment, not necessarily from our parents all the time. Now it sort of transitions to our friends, our teachers, our abame, our, our, our mentors. And then what happens? We all want to get married. Guess what we're looking for? A secure attachment. That's what we're looking for. Yes, you can say it. You can say the word. It's a dependency, and it's fine. It's fine. Why? Because this 
is the way Hashem set it up. Al kenyaz of Adam, it's of his emo, v'dovak b'ishto, that what? You need now to connect to someone else. Now, if it doesn't happen, what happens is we can find other ways to connect. And I want to tell you something interesting as far as this particular article is concerned, and that is that we see, and he speaks about it, that many, unfortunately, the alternative to a safe attachment, what happens is many times when people, children, well, it's, it happens by children, then it, it, it sort of like uh, exasperates when you get older and you don't have that secure attachment. And I'm telling you, because I see this, and, I, and I've done a, a, recently I've been doing a lot of research about this because some of the cases that I deal with are very much, uh, I, I see the link. I see the link, and, and I just wanted to research it a little bit more. And what I came up with, is study after study, study after study, it's actually a great study by uh, University of Ariel and Eric Stroll, that speaks about what? The link of poor attachment to guess what? Addictions. Yeah, addictions. Addictions to drugs, food, rituals around foods, um, other terrible addictions I don't want to mention right now. And and, and if you think about it, those of you who know people who have addictions, if you think about it, think of their attachment. Think of when they were young. And it doesn't, by the way, only have to be attachment to parents. It could be someone in school that bullied them. It could be a brother or sister that bullied them it, and, and literally like made them crazy and they did not feel secure in their home or in their school. Because, you know, a lot of the kids, interesting, you know, somebody came over to me the other day. Hey, Rabbi Greenfield, can I ask you a question? Yeah. He says, I have a, I have a child he is in uh, – I live in uh, – okay, let's make this up because I can't give you details. I live in Borough Park, and he's going to school now in Manhattan. For whatever reason it is, he's going to school in Manhattan, Yeshiva Manhattan. And it's very hard because my child, he comes home, and he really has no friends because all his friends live in Manhattan. So for whatever reason it is, we used to live in Manhattan, but now we live in Borough Park. And I'm asking you, like, do you think – we should switch schools. So I asked him, let me ask you a question. What grade are we talking about here? So he says to me that his child is in seventh grade. I'm like, seventh grade? He's like, yeah, he's in seventh grade. So well, I asked him the first question to him, how's he doing in school? What's going on in school? He says, oh, he's doing very well in school. Does he have friends in school? Yeah, in school he has friends. So I say to him, let's think about this together. What are you going to do? You're going to schlep him to now a school in Bar Park, right? First of all, we don't even know if they're going to take him. And even if they are going to take him, he's going to have to make new friends. He's going to have to integrate himself in a brand new atmosphere. That might work. It might not work. Granted, if it works, okay, you'll have more friends in the neighborhood. But we have no idea what's going to happen in his social circle. Is he going to be accepted? He's coming late in seventh grade. Many times in these classes, there are already cliques. Is he going to be accepted to any cliques? Is he going to, is he going to be bullied? We don't know what's going to happen. We're taking a risk. And even if, even if things do work out well... Think about it. Even if things do work out well, it might not be as well as it is right now. And the most important thing for you to think about, I said to him, is that most of the day he spends in school. You know, we, we send children to school and we think of school like, yeah, we're sending to school and he comes back home. But in a certain sense, where is the real home for them? Obviously, it's homecoming home. But if you're going to define home as a secure you know, place where you can feel like someone loves you and cares about you. Okay, that's why we think of home as where we live. But if we're going to spend most of our day at someplace else, whether it's going to be home, whether it's going to be at work, you want to have secure attachments there as well. You want to feel comfortable. You want to feel people care, care about you, right? If you don't have that, that's not good. And when children don't have that in schools, when they feel bullied by their friends or they have rabbeim or teachers that are picking, they feel at least, they are picking on them and, 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 and just giving them a hard time, even though, the, of course, the teachers are not giving them hard times. They're doing that because, let's say, they're not studying, they're not doing well. Maybe the child is ADD. Maybe the child is learning disabled. Maybe the child, There's a million and a half things that can happen. And then what happens? There are insecure attachments which develop and it makes the individual prone. I'm not saying for sure it's going to happen. Prone to have a lot of relationship issues in the future. By the way, I also want to tell you something interesting. And that is, I, I actually, someone sent me 
a very interesting um, – they interviewed a, a very well-known neurologist, one of the most well-known neurologists um, today in New York City. I forgot the name. And, and they were talking about – they were talking about uh, aging, okay, getting older. And they were saying, what is the peak time where our brains are like at peak? You know, when we're young, we learn, we learn, we learn, we learn. But then when we get older – you know, then we're actually using the all the knowledge that we had, and it was discussion. You know, the point of, my, of, of what I'm telling you right now is not what the PK is. I don't remember exactly what the PK was, but this neur- neurologist was saying, and I'm listening to this. He was saying that you know we're so focused on, on on the peak as far as age. He said you have to bring another variable here. Forget about age, and that is relationships. What is the re- what is going on in the world of relationships at any given point? And if you are sustaining healthy relationships, most of all, obviously, with your closest, your husband, your wife, your kids, then what happens is, is the brain can function at a much healthier rate. Do you hear this? What he's saying is that function of the brain actually is associated with good relationships. This is what he was saying. So... What, why am I saying this now? Why am I saying all of this? The reason I'm telling you all of this right now is for you to know that it is so important to keep in mind children. If you have children who are young, if you have grandchildren who are young, obviously, you know, you might not be the, you're the caretaker for your grandchildren, but it's so important that children feel secure in their relationship. It's so important that there's a secure attachment. This whole thing, by the way, of secure attachment is not my little shtickle. It's not. I didn't make it up. Where is it from? Secure attachment. Secure attachments. Hold on a second. We're looking for something over here. <laughs> secure attachments. Secure attachment. Actually, who's the guru? Where the you know we talk about secure attachments. What are we talking about? We are talking about John Bowlby, who was a British psychologist, psychiatrist, and psychoanalyst. Um, He was very interested in child development. He was the one who pioneered this whole thing called attachment theory. And what is attachment theory? It describes the the dynamics of long-term relationships between human beings, me and you, and your children, and your husband, and your wife. Its most important tenet is that an infant, a baby, needs to develop a relationship with at least one primary caregiver for social, not just social, and but emotional development to occur normally. Now, attachment theory explains how much the parent's relationship with the child influences development. And I actually just saw lately, uh, while I was doing this research, I saw pictures of brains of secure attachments and non-secure attachments. Now, attachment means an effect. What is attachment? Means an affectional bond or tie between an individual and an attachment figure. Usually, when we say attachment, we're talking about a caregiver. Do you notice how I'm saying caregiver? I'm not saying mother or father, because it doesn't necessarily have to be a mother or a father, meaning meaning it has to be a caregiver. I'm, I'm not trying to take away Hashem, the importance of mother and father. I, I'm not. But sometimes, for whatever reason it is, it's the father that's taking care of the child, or it's the mother taking care of the child, because Nebuch, uh, tragedy happened, or whatever it is. So such bonds, uh, he... What we're saying could be reciprocal between two adults. But between a child and a caregiver, these bonds are based on the child's needs for safety, security, and protection, which is paramount. You hear this word paramount in infancy and childhood. Then what happens? There are transitions, right? And these, these, these needs of, of attachment don't go away. It transitions into teen years, into adult years, and then we get married. And then we still have that attachment. And that's where Sue Johnson comes in. And she started this whole thing, right? Called what? Emotionally focused therapy, which is all based on Bowlby, which is all based on attachment, which is all based on the fact that it's, that it's not about the socks on the floor, the hair in the sink, or the fact that you didn't put gas in my car, or the fact that you didn't clear the breakfast, or you didn't turn the lights on or off, or you didn't leave me money for the kids. That's not why I'm upset at you, husband or wife. You know why I'm upset at you? The real reason I'm upset at you is because you don't care. You don't care about me. So that's why it upsets me so much, because you should care. If there's someone in the world who should care about me, it should be you, my husband, or you, my wife. And what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen who are listening to me today, thank you for listening, 
is that if you are finding that your spouse is getting super upset, super, super upset at small little things, don't be surprised because maybe the reason it's happening is because they did not have a secure attachment as a child. So instead of getting all upset, you're like, oh, boy, it's flipping out. She's flipping out. What am I going to do? She goes crazy about every small little thing. He goes crazy about everything small little thing. We're constantly getting into fights. So instead of thinking like that, instead, rewrite the script. And I'm telling you, just that in itself will help. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, he needs therapy. She needs therapy. It's not always so easy. Why am I saying that? Because therapy is long, therapy is costly, therapy is a lot of work. It's not easy, right? So what I'm saying to you, I'm not saying he doesn't, <laughs> I'm not saying that he or she shouldn't go to therapy. In certain cases, they should. But it's not always like that. Sometimes their, their sensitivity dials a little bit higher, and you have to learn how to deal with it. You know, you've been dealing with it all these years, so you can deal with it a little bit longer, right? Okay, the point is, is that it'll be different if you know it's not, he doesn't mean it, she doesn't mean it. Same way I always speak about hats. Hungry, angry, tired, stressed. Your spouse has got their hats on. Did your spouse have his hats on yesterday? Did she have her hats on yesterday? How about today? How was this morning? Huh? I'm asking you a question. You can answer yourself. Don't answer me. How was your husband this morning? How was your wife this morning? What happened? What happened this morning? Did you have a good morning? Was your wife loving to you? Was your husband loving to you? Or he'd just run out. What happened? Why was he nasty? Was he nasty? Not nasty, but why wasn't he loving? Because maybe he was rushed. Well, guess what? Rush is part of the hats. Maybe he was, uh, didn't get a good night's sleep. It's part of hats. High sensitivity dial. You're going to take it to heart? You're going to be all upset? Don't be upset. Don't be upset. Be mevater. It's a little time. Let it go. Understand where it's coming from. If you understand where it's coming from and you let it go, you're bringing schusim because you're not, you're not going to fight. You're not going to fight. Instead, you, when he comes home or she comes home, you can be loving to your spouse. You start the positivity. Positivity will breed positivity. So your husband comes home. Greet him. Hi, how are you? It's nice to see you. <laughs> why should I do that? He was disgusting to me this morning. Why should I be nice to him? You, you want to know why? You want to know why? Because that's what Hashem does to us. That's what Hashem does Listen. Hashem is kel rachel mechan and erech apayim rav that's what Hashem is. You know how many times you're going to say this? Are you already saying slichos? Actually, you're not saying slichos. You're saying slichot, right? Because the Ashkenazim, we're not saying yet. Slichos. We're st- that, the Sephardim is saying slichot. And you know, you say, Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachel, Mechanon, Erech, Hapayim, Rav, You said it over and over and over again, right? So you're asking Hashem to please have mercy on you. That's what you're doing. Hello? You're asking Hashem to have mercy on you. So... Have mercy on your husband, on your wife. And if you do that, there's something called midah keneged midah, a measure for a measure. And if we act in a certain way, it gives more of a reason for Hashem to act in a similar way to us. Isn't that a beautiful tool to use now? I, I, I'm telling you, ask your Rav, ask your posek, what's more powerful? To, to, to daven an extra half an hour or to let it go the next time your husband just is just like, you know, losing it. Or your wife is just losing it, just to let it go. And, and I, I, I want to explain you something, because then, you know, I get these texts from people who don't have good marriages, and they say to me, I, do I always let it go? What if my husband screams and curses at me? What if my wife uh, throws dishes and, you know, and, and hits the kids, or whatever it is, right? And I'm not talking about that, obviously. Maybe it's not so obvious. I should say it. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a situation where you're in a you're in a abusive relationship. But when I say abusive, I got to be very careful of that term because abusive does not mean that your husband gets angry at you or your wife gets angry at you. That's not abusive. Or your husband loses control. Your wife loses control. That, that, that's also not abusive. When I say lose control, I'm talking about emotional. I'm not talking about chasvashon physical. But when I say abusive, I mean that it's constantly happening. It doesn't stop. Or it's a little bit over the top. Like he doesn't get angry. He curses or throws things or whatever it is. So either it's really over the top or it's constantly happening. It doesn't end. I'm not talking about that. And even that case, you should be mevater and instead seek professional help. Oh, yeah. Seek professional help immediately. Okay? Seek professional help. But, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when it happens here and there. Which honestly probably happens to most couples that what? 
every once in a while we have our hats on and then we don't act nice. Chas v'shalom. I should say it is chas v'shalom to our spouse, right? You want to tell me you you who are listening to me right now, you're always nice and perfect and beautiful and wonderful to your spouse. Sometimes you get angry at him, right? Sometimes you get angry at him. So I'm telling you, first of all, don't get angry. Let go your kas. Let go your kas. And we're going to talk about skills and tools in a couple of seconds. Okay. So let go of your kas, your anger. Oh, I'm so angry. Let go of that. And that's being mevater, number one. And number two, what's even harder to do is when you are being attacked. You are being attacked now. Attention, ladies and gentlemen, right now is attack mode. Your husband is attacking you. Your wife is attacking you. So what are you going to do? You're going to fight? Put up the dukes and I'm going to fight with him all the way. I'm going to get into a tit for tat. You want to do that? First of all, you're going to lose. You're not going to get anywhere. But even if you do say, you know, force your husband or your wife into submission about the argument, you're not bringing bracha. You're not bringing bracha to yourself. So just let it go and count the times you let go. And see it as an opportunity. And again, I'm not talking about a, a constant abusive situation. So what I was just telling you before, a couple of important things here is attachment, just to understand, just add this to, to, to the mix. And that is <coughs> that your husband or your wife, the reason they are so sensitive and they get so emotional um, is because they might have a poor, they might have had a poor attachment. It might not be parents, by the way. It might not be parents. It might be, it might be, uh, it might be school. It might be a rebbe, a teacher. It might be peers. It might be a brother, a sister. Yeah, it might be a brother or sister that just made them crazy all their lives. There are all sorts of issues that could have happened, which caused them not to have a secure attachment. And there are all there are all sorts of non-secure attachments. We're not discussing it right now, and uh, therapy could help for that. But uh, it's not always easy to go to therapy. Your husband and wife might not want to go to therapy. And uh, it's not always like an immediate solution. So what I would say is instead use the tools, skills and tools at your disposal. What are those skills and tools? Let's talk about them. Let us talk about those skills and tools. Okay. Let's talk about the skills and tools. But you know what? We spoke about, we spoke about attachment. Because I wanted you to understand, heard a little bit more. And what we're going to talk about now is, just like quickly type of thing, is is the categories, which Baruch Hashem I've had, Siyatich might come up with the word pirates. And that is the categories of, of, of two things. So, so let's just break it up into two, two areas now, okay, for a second. Let's take it on two areas. Area number one is the area... Of uh, the area of uh, I sleep last night. The area of uh, of what's it called? The, the area of oh, he's making me crazy. She's making me crazy. I'm very upset at him. I'm very upset at her. That's area number one. That's area of being mavater. That then there's another area where he's attacking me. She's attacking me. She's he's criticizing me. He's blaming me. Okay. So we have the pirates. Pirates, give you a couple of examples. Pee, pet peeves, drinking directly from the soda bottle, forgot to cap the toothpaste, stuff his fingers into the salad bowls, he butchers the watermelons, she does touches the thermostat, she, uh, she just, you know, I don't know, she just uh, doesn't put salt in the soup. Okay, I don't know if that's a good one. <laughs> but they're different things. Pet peeves, insults. Insults is really the other one, which is, the, the you know, he's insulting me in front of the children, etc. Or he's contradicting me, she's contradicting me. Requests, right? Attention, Torah, expectations, different reasons that I'm upset at my husband. I'm not going to get into detail. We don't have time. This should all be on the workshop. But what we're saying now is there's a lot of reasons to get upset. But I want to focus this for a second on the reason I'm upset at my husband because let's say he didn't leave me money, right? And out of relationship is like that. Meaning sometimes the women are making really the money in the house, but I'm just I'm just pulling this out of a hat because I hear this a lot. My husband didn't leave me money. Okay, and this is it's a complicated shtickle because he might not be leaving you money because he might not might not have money, and he's trying to cheshbon it out himself. But let's say he didn't leave you money. He promised you to leave money. It's it's uh, what should we call it? It is now school time. Kids need uh, a new book bag. The old book bag is ripped. He says he's going to leave you money. He didn't leave you money for it, for argument's sake. Let's let's just assume that, okay? Let's just assume that. Just, you know, for whatever reason it is. Okay. Um, 
I, I, you know, whatever it is. Now you get all upset, okay? Or he's not on time. He, he promised to be on time. He's not on time. Or here's a good one, actually, for, you, for those of you who have children. And that is, we're starting a new year. The Rebbe put him in this grade, and he said to you, it's very important. He says, I'm putting him in this grade, but it's very, very important. The principal said he's putting him back in the next grade. Last year, we had problems. It's very important. His father learns with him every night. His father has to learn with him, Mishnayis. And, and your husband's not doing it. Get all upset. Get all upset, right? So there's always that point of when it happens. So let's say we're talking about, for example, you wake up in the morning, your husband promised you to leave you money. He didn't leave you money. Okay? He didn't leave you money. And, um, and, um, you have money too. You could spend on it, but you feel like it's his responsibility. Fine. And he's not there. It's not there. And you get all upset. Or he's not on time. You get upset. Or a pet peeve. He's, he's, he's taking his fingers and he's sticking into the salad bowl instead of using a, a serving uh, spoon. He's just sticking his fingers in there, right? Disgusting, right? And like you tell us a million times. So, you know, let me call it ABCD. That's what I call it. ABCD. And that is, first of all, try to be Mavata. Number one, try to be let it go. Just try to let it go. Whichever way, just, the theme is let it go. If you can let it go, move on. Just move on. Move on. If you have to negotiate because it happens all the time and you can't handle it or this was, a God forbid, abusive, in that case, okay, we'll talk about negotiation. I'm not talking about it now. I'm not. And I'm not saying I'm talking about it next week either because, honestly, Chodeshel, I want to focus more on uh, being a Vater. Of course, there's room for negotiation. Don't get me wrong. But right now it's L. You know what I'm saying? Let's 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 talk about being mavater. A, allow yourself one hour where you leave your husband's presence or your wife's presence. Give yourself one hour. One hour. Now, this is actually is also very true if he's criticizing you or she's criticizing you. And you just, you know, maybe I'll just leave a little bit. Now, don't do it in a chutzpah way. I don't mean that. But you got to give yourself time. Give yourself one hour. One hour. Where he's not answering your phone. You call, you call, you call, you call, you call. He's not answering your phone. And you want to text him. You're disgusting. How come you're not answering my phone? I know, I know, I know that you are getting my ring, but you're not answering the phone. It's really not nice. That's what you want to text him. Chas v'shalom. I hope you people are not texting each other like that. But let's say, I see all sorts of things, right? Give yourself time. Allow yourself one hour. And you're going to see no matter what it is that he upset you. And you're listening to me right now. I have a little secret for you. I know mostly, oh, actually, I say mostly women listen to me on, on Thursdays, mostly men listen to me on Monday night. But you know what? <laughs> this show is going to go, is, is going to air both, right? Now it's now live, which is September 7th. Can you imagine we're in September already? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Time flies. And, uh, right? And, um, or you're listening to me uh, on Monday night. So what I'm telling you now is as follows. And that is, whatever it is, give yourself time. Give yourself time. Oh, that's what I wanted to tell you. You think you're not going to have this Nisoyon? Hi. <laughs> How are you doing today? I hope you're having a nice day. Why am I saying this to you now? You know why? Because your husband's going to test you. Your wife's going to test you. It's just going to happen. You know how I know? I'll tell you how I know. Let me tell you how I know. Because you're so different. Because you think, feel, perceive, analyze, love, appreciate everything differently. That's why Hashem wants you together with your husband, because you're so different. That's exactly why Hashem wants it. As, as annoying as it is in a certain sense, because he's so different, she's so different, that's the beauty of it. That's the challenge of it. If you overcome that challenge, then what you're doing is you're reaching, you're reaching Shlemus, and of course, ultimately, you're going to reach Dveikus also. But this is the test. So I'm telling you, your husband is going to do something that's going to bother you. Your wife's going to do something that's going to bother you. And the next time it happens, instead of getting upset, why don't you just laugh like I'm laughing right now? Because it's an opportunity. That's what it is. It's an opportunity. You just let it go. If it's so, so, so hurtful, allow yourself, give yourself one hour. I'm telling you, when it happens right away, if it's something that really, really bothers you, like really bothers you, like it's just disgusting what he's doing, whatever it is, you just, he's just, I don't know, he's just, uh, Here's one for you. Here's one for you. He's just acting with the kids not, not, in not a good way. Now, you see, that's, that's an interesting one because a lot of women complain that their husbands, you know, the way they're acting with the children is really not good, either mean, too strict, too tough. You're so upset at him. So that's something that really should be negotiated. It definitely does. But right away, let it go. Let it go right away because otherwise, first of all, the kids are going to see that you're fighting, which is not good. And second of all, you're not going to negotiate. You're just going to fight with him. <laughs> Don't talk to him like that. Don't talk to him like that. Or whatever it is. So that's why you have to let yourself. Give yourself one hour. 
give yourself one hour. If you're, 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 your wife just insulted you, contradicted you in front of your friends, you're, you're saying a shtick Torah, and she, she tried to show how you're not right, even if it wasn't Torah, you, you're discussing the Shidduch crisis or you're talking about the hurricanes and she's telling you how you're not right. It's not true. It's not, it's not true. There aren't a lot of Gideon in Texas. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? And she's, she's doing this. She's arguing with you now. It's disgusting, right? You feel like she's like, she's trying to stultz you out. Or ladies, or ladies, your, 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 your husband just insulted you. He just told you, you know, I don't know, he just, you, you, you're, whatever, you, <laughs> you had a very busy day for whatever it is, okay? And uh, he's, he's, he's complaining. He's complaining. He's complaining why you didn't do this, that, the other thing. All he has to do is complain. He doesn't appreciate it, but he complains. You're very upset at him. Like, how could he complain? Give yourself one hour, and you're going to see. If you give yourself that one hour, then you're going to be able to be Mavatir even more. Because right away during the impasse when it happens, you are going to be so upset, so, so, so. How come he's not answering my phone calls? How come he didn't leave me money? How come he's not here on time? How come he's not learning with the kids? Whatever it is, you're going to be so upset, it's going to be very, very hard. That's why I say give yourself an hour. Give yourself some time. And you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> it's not going to make a difference, Rabbi Greenfield. I'm telling you, I could give myself time from today until tomorrow. It's not going to make a difference. I'm telling you, it will make a difference. It will. How can I know? Because I study the stuff. I work with people. And I know it's true. I know it's true. It's gonna give, you give yourself time. It's going to... And I'm telling you, when it's going to happen to you next, you're going to think to yourself, Rabbi Greenfield said, give myself time. I don't want to give myself time. It's not going to make a difference. I'm still upset at him. I, he doesn't know what he's talking about, Rabbi Greenfield, because time is not going to help. I'm telling you, time is going to help. Because it's not cognitive. It's emotional. You hear me? Are you listening to me? Thank you for listening to me today. But I'm telling you, it's not just cognitive. It's not just logic. It's emotions. Your emotions are feeding, in, your emotions are feeding into your logic. You ever see someone get so upset? I'm so upset at you. So upset. 90% of that upsetness is emotional. It's not cognitive. You didn't really do something so bad. But he's upset because you triggered him. You triggered him. So now he gets all upset. Or she, you triggered her. Right? So she's all upset. This means so much to her. Is it really such a bad thing? It's not. But they get so upset because it's emotional. I'm telling you, you're the same way. You are the same way. I'm sorry to say this. You are the exact same way. And you get triggered with certain things. So that in order to, to, to remove that trigger or to untrigger, what you need to do is give yourself time. That's a very, very big tool in being Mavatar. Number two, take a walk, go into a different room, breathe deeply five times while closing your eyes and feeling your stomach expand. Very, very important. Again, breathing deeply five cycles while closing your eyes feeling your stomach expand, it's going to help. Check out Mayo Clinic. Check out other resources. If you want, you can text me after the show as far as breathing and how important breathing because it brings more oxygen into your system. It allows you to calm down. Calm yourself down. See, calm yourself down by doing something else. Listen to music, read a book, computer, exercise. Take a walk. Do something that calms you down. What are you going to do? What's your plan next time your husband gets you upset? What's your plan next time your wife gets you upset? What are you going to do? You're going to argue with her? You're going to engage? Well, guess what? You're going to lose. You're not going to win. You're going to lose. And the reason you're going to lose is because, I'm telling you right now, the reason you're going to lose is because there is no win. You might control that. You might, you, you might um, intimidate for submission but it's not going to work because you're not creating a bond. You're creating a separation. And at the end of everything, you get into a big fight. Oh, tell me, after the fight, you feel you, do you feel connected with your husband now? Do you feel connected with your wife? Oh, okay, we're in a big fight, but I convinced her. Oh, now, now what? You're going you're gonna to now hold hands? Like, oh, what's happening now? Now you feel so far from each other, right? That's why it's so important to be mevater. Besides, you're being brachy, you're being like Hashem, which is more important. Calm yourself down by doing something else. You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan of what you're going to do next time your husband upsets you, your wife upsets you. You're going to let it go. Of course you're going to let it go. But you have to have tools. You have to have skills. I'm telling you what they should be. Should include breathing. It should include number one time, number two breathing, number three calming yourself down, which whatever calms yourself down. And then once you're a little calmer, you could redigest what's really bothering you and ask, ask yourself the following questions. What happened before the impasse? Is it possible the reason you're so frustrated is, is because of something else that's stressing you? Are you displacing your stress on your wife or on your husband? You're not really upset about this. You're upset about something else. 
And by the way, the something else doesn't have to be someone else. It could be the same person, meaning meaning it's an aggravated stress, meaning I'm really upset at you about this, that, the other thing. That means that you were never really mavatar in the first place for the other things either. But is it really that your wife doesn't... And here's another one. This is very, very important. Is it really that your husband doesn't care about you? Is it really that your wife doesn't care about you? Is she really so disgusting? Is he really so disgusting? Such a horrible person. You feel like you're done. <laughs> Think of all the other things that he does for you. He doesn't do anything for you? Oh boy, he does things for you. She doesn't do things for you? Oh boy, she does things for you. And this is where it gets so funny because it's the older couples who come to my office and they're, oh boy, such aggravation. But you live with each other for so long. If you think about it, you've done so much for each other. You've done so much for each other. Most of which was communication, talking to each other about issues and problems and listening to each other. That's most of it. But in addition, you've raised, if you have children, you've raised children together. If you are living in a home, she cooked for you. She cleaned the house for you. She did the laundry for you. He's been working for you, even if he hasn't been made money. But he, he went out. He tried. He's been, whatever he's doing, whether it's business, whether it's work, whether it's chinuch, he's been working. It's not easy to go out to work. And he's been doing this for you. So yes, he comes home. He's a grouch. But at the end of the day, we should have a lot of akar satov. So it's not like he doesn't care about me. She doesn't care about me. He does care about me. He's got a communication problem. His sensitivity dial is too high. <laughs> he needs to calm down. In certain certain cases, he might need therapy. But you know what? You know what? He does care about you. So don't take it like, oh boy. Disattach. Disattach from him. Disattach from her. Because it's important. Because when I say disattach, I mean just temporarily. Temporarily, it's okay. You could be, you know, you don't have to be so dependent. Even though I spoke about dependency before, I told you, secure attachments are so important in a marriage. But what I'm telling you now also, ladies and gentlemen, that you also have to know sometimes you have to detach a little bit. Because if, you're, if your husband comes starts criticizing you and screaming at you and like, you know, like just acting crazy, and it's going to hurt so much if you feel so dependent. In other words, in other words, he's so upset at me right now. She's so upset at me. How could I go on if he's so upset? How could I go on if she's so upset? That's the time to to nurture um, independence as far as emotional independence and say, okay, I'll be fine. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't mean to take this to town and to say I don't need him or I don't need her. Of course, I don't mean that. But what I mean is at this particular point, let me just detach a little bit. It's okay. He could be upset at me a little bit. She could be upset at me a little bit. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. And you know why I'm telling you this, ladies and gentlemen? Let me tell you why I tell you this. Because if you don't think like that, you know what's going to happen? Let me tell you what's going to happen. Let me tell you what's going to happen. What's going to happen is you're going to get so upset. And and it's just going to be fuel for the fire. And you're not going to be able to let it go because you're going to be so hurt. Because all this screaming and aggravation and criticism and attacking it is all stemming from one point and that is hurt i'm so hurt because i feel you don't care about me i'm so hurt that's where it all stems from so the more dependent you are the more hurt you're going to feel that's why you have to detach a little bit just a little bit a little bit and then try be mavatar again you can't be mavatar you still can't be mavatar you want to know why you can't be mavatar let me tell you why Chances are the reason you can't be mavatar because you have your hats on. Yeah, because you might be hungry, you might be angry, you might be tired, you might be stressed, you might be rushed, you might be sick. Right? That's why it's happening. That's why it's happening. And then it's important to assess yourself. Are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you tired? Are you stressed? Are you sick? That's the last tool to think to yourself, do I have my hats on? That takes godless. You hear the word I'm using? If you don't know what it means, I'll tell you, look it up. I don't think you can look it up. That takes godless. That takes heroism. That makes a hero, a person who realizes that he has his hats on, that she has her hats on. So you know what? I just got to calm myself down because I have my hats on. And you know when you're really doing well in your relationship? Let me tell you when you're doing really well. You're doing really well when you know 
Or you can say to your spouse, I have my hats on. Please don't, 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 uh, don't take me seriously. I might be saying things. That I'm going to try to control myself. I'm trying to control myself. If I said something that was out of line, I, I just have my hats on. Are you able to say that? That's called godless. At least in my eyes. It, that's called godless. Most important of all, after all this that I'm saying to you, is don't blame. Don't blame your husband. Don't blame your wife. It never works. It's not your job to point it out to him, to teach your husband, to teach your wife. It's not your job. In emergency cases, talk about negotiation, but don't don't blame your husband. Don't blame your wife. Don't blame them. How come you didn't come on time? How come you didn't this? How come you didn't that? How come you didn't the other thing? How come? And, and you know what? Let me give you examples of what blaming is for those of you who are really not sure what I'm talking about. What I say blaming? Let me talk about blaming. This is blaming. I have I have four four levels of blaming. Question, criticism, sarcasm, feeling my pain, belittling. Question, criticism. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? You tell your husband or your wife. Do you think it's normal to drink directly from the milk bottle? I'm asking. I'm asking you a question. Do you think it's a normal thing for for normal husbands to drink from a from a milk bottle? I'm asking you. Do you think it's normal for a husband not to clear not to clear his plate after eating breakfast and for all the kids to see it? Do you think it's normal? Do you think normal wives? Do you think I'm asking? Do you think it's normal for a wife to uh, to what? Do you think it's normal for a wife to 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 what? <laughs> wives don't do anything wrong. Okay, I'm just exhausted here today. Okay, do you think it's normal for a wife not to not to prepare like dinner on time? Do you think that normal wives? Do you think normal wives? I'm asking normal wives. You know, when their husbands come home from shul, and, and again, they're coming home late, that they haven't had the meal ready. Do you think that's normal? I'm asking, do you think that's normal? That's called question criticism. And you, you're asking a question, but what you're really doing is you're blaming. You're blaming your wife. You're blaming your husband. You're just blaming. You're blaming. And when you're asking a question, you're really blaming your husband for drinking milk from the bottle. Or you're really blaming your wife for not cleaning up. You're not asking her, do you think it's normal for the house to be a mess? You're blaming her. Let's call a spade a spade. And don't blame. Because you know something? Number one, it's not your job. And number two, it doesn't work. If you need to negotiate, that's a whole different world. You know? That's a, that's First of all, you should try being mavata on most things. And if it's such a thing that, oh my gosh, you can't live with, like, can't live with this, then there's ways to negotiate. But not blaming. I can ask you a question. Or sarcasm. Oh, yeah, it's very normal. It, it, very normal. Husbands definitely, all husbands leave the breakfast all over the table and they have their wives clean up for them. That's a very normal thing. Sure. Wives are the slaves. That's a normal thing, right? That's sarcasm. It should not be in your relationship. It should not exist in your relationship. Or husbands to say they're there to their wives. What? Yeah, very normal. You know, they're, they're, all wives just leave the room's messes, of course. And the refrigerator, yeah. Every wife leaves her refrigerator a big mess. It's a big mess that when, you know, everybody knows when you open up the refrigerator, things fall out. That's a normal thing in every house, that when you open up the refrigerator, things fall out. It's a very normal thing, right? Sarcasm. Feel my pain. How would you like it if we were going to your parents' house and I wouldn't help your mother clear the table? How would you like it if I would call, if you would call me, the husband says to his wife, how would you like it if you would call me and I wouldn't pick up the phone? How would you like that? Feel my pain. Or, chas v'shalom, belittling, you're just like your father, you're just like your mother, you're a big fat slob, you disgust me, chas v'shalom. <sighs> Don't blame. Don't blame. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Why? Because, first of all, be down like chas No one's trying to get you. No one's trying to hurt you. Any normal husband or normal wife would not want to get into a fight. Why, why would you want to get into a fight with your husband or your wife? You think he did it on purpose, she did it on purpose. Something they, they have an excuse. I'm not saying that it's the best excuse in the world, but in their brain it's a good excuse. Let's be down the Kav's chos. This month of Ella, let's be down the Kav's chos. You're feeling blame towards her because because what? You wouldn't you would have never done that. That's why you're really feeling so bad. Because I would have never done that. 
I, since I would have never done that, how dare you do that? Well, you know what? You are not her and, sh- and you are not him. You are different worlds. Yes, men are from Mars. Words and, and, and women are from Venus. And you know what? Guess what? We're different. There's a reason we're different. The reason is that we have to be mavater. That's the reason. To be like Hashem. That's the reason. Again, I'm not, for those of you who are joining me right now, I'm not saying talking about abusive homes where there's constant criticism and belittling and doesn't stop and chas v'shalom like a city. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, people get into fights, right? Don't get into fights. Don't get into fights. Don't go into, Hashem is giving us the opportunity to let it go. You are blaming because you would have never done that. Well, he's not you. She's not you. Okay? And Derek Hag of that personality, which you can't stand, that personality which you can't stand, I'm telling you in certain times, works out good. That laid-back personality actually has advantages to it. Or that stressful personality has advantages to it also because she's, he might be stressful and stressed, but at the end of the day, he takes care of everything. I'm not saying it always works like that, but many times the, the exact personality that you don't like has my list. It, there's not a thing as a bad personality or a good personality, right? And you take a look at Shalom Melech, right? He had so much Rachmanis. At the end of the day, that was his biggest problem, that he had Rachmanis on the Malik, right? That, that's what it speaks about in, in, in Nach. So, the, the, you know, there's not a thing as good a personality, bad personality. Next. You might be missing the emotional or behavioral context. You don't, you don't, you don't know the whole picture, especially when you get all upset right away. You don't know the whole picture. And there are many other reasons that not to blame. I ran out of time, but I did, I think, I gave you a bunch of skills and tools on how to be mavater. You want to review quickly? Okay, let's do this fast. A, B, C, D. A, allow yourself one hour. Very important. Give yourself time. If you can't be mavata right away, give yourself time. I'm telling you, time does wonders. Number two, breathing. Breathe deeply for five cycles. Deeply for five cycles. <laughs> I'm not a guru meditating. Just do it. You'll see it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. Five cycles with closing your eyes and feeling your stomach expand. you see it's going to work. Number C, calm yourself down by something, something that calm. Listen to music. Read a book. Computer exercise. Have something prepared that next time you get upset that you could just maybe put on the headphones, take a walk, and you'll calm you down. If it's such a big deal, digest what's really bothering you. What happened before? Are you displacing? Are you really upset that you got a big bill? Are you upset at your boss? Are you upset at your workmate? Are you upset at your mother and you're taking it out on your husband? Are you taking it out on your wife? Maybe you don't feel appreciated. In the workshop is a little more detailed, but I'm just, I got to move here. Next, you might have your hats on. And then try to be Mavata again. See if you have your hats on. You may have your hats on, and that's why you can not let it go. If you're hungry, eat. Angry. Angry. Figure out what, what you're angry about. Maybe not at him. Maybe not at her. You're tired. You're stressed. You're sick. You're rushed. Whatever it is. Thank you for listening. I always ask now because hard to get us here at jroot.com to, if you can, text me that you were listening. 917-397-2841. 917-397-2841. You can text me whatever you want. I can only text back, I think, once because otherwise I could spend time on the phone all day, all night. Not to mention all the other clients I deal with. So text me 917-397-2841. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing, amazing week.